Digital Marketing Radio episode 226. Is live streaming worthwhile for B2B brands? Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Brought to you in partnership with SEMrush. I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the show that delves into the tools, tactics and tidbits of how to turn a failing digital marketing campaign into a rip-roaring success. Today we're looking at whether or not B2B brands should be embracing live streaming as a significant part of their content marketing strategy. Joining me to discuss that is a social media and live streaming guru who's been a regular top speaker at events including Content Marketing World and Social Media Marketing World. He's also a trained professional singer and a nice guy. Welcome to DMR, Ian Anderson Gray. Thanks David, it's great to be here and really excited about what you're doing with this show and I I love the graphics. I know podcast listeners are not going to be able to see that, but you can just imagine beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're not talking about me. You're not talking about yourself, but uh, or you might be. Well, I'm not sure. I have to say, I do, I do, like, your, I do like your snazzy glasses. So, <laughs> Well, um, we I think we can compete in that department. <laughs> uh, let me just say to <laughs> the listener, you can find Ian over at iag.me. So a very easy three-letter domain then. Um, so Ian, Live streaming is, is certainly a key part of online content nowadays, but it seems to me that in the business world, it tends to be used more by personal brands than B2B brands. Is that fair? I think so. There are, there are some B2B brands that are doing it, but uh, I, I see it more in the in the kind of the personal branding space, as, as you were saying. And I think that's a shame because I think, you know, missing out on a lot of, a, a lot of advantages that we can talk about in, in today's show. Um, I, I am seeing it's interesting. So th there's been a slight move uh, since the you know the the pandemic that we've been in in 2020 and 2021. But in that, that that's kind of forced people to to do a bit more. But it's still it's surprising how many um, B2B brands aren't using live video as much as I would have thought they should do. Absolutely. Um, David Sace um, is saying in the comments, absolutely worth it for B2B. Uh, great for building up content and engagement with the audience. Um, but you know, is it not the case that um, personal brands have the advantage in that the brand is associated with the individual that's doing the talking? So you're building up their personal brand authority. So does that not mean that um, you're actually, um, you have more advantages uh, to live streaming as a, as a personal brand as opposed to a B2B brand? Yeah. I think at first glance, that's definitely the case. And I think this is the one of the big issues that B2B uh, companies have is that they think, well, you know, we're, we're a company, you know, we, who would we who would we ask to come on to the live stream? Um, but, you know, I think B2B brands should be thinking about themselves more uh, from a more of a, a personal brand point of view anyway. I think, you know, company... Uh, individuals out there other companies want to interact with with other companies and and they want to do it like more of in a person to person type of thing so they want to know who is behind the the corporate identity and there will be people within your business that you can put forwards who will represent you um represent that company uh, i think that's that's more difficult to think about as a b2b brand but i think it's uh Really, really, there are examples of some companies that are doing an incredibly good job there. They're building a community, um, and and that that's it's probably a good time to to think about what are the advantages and how can a B two B brand utilize live video. Um, and some of those things would be, for example, to build a community of fans uh, around your around your company. Um, it's a 
for example, there's some live streaming tools out there that are doing a very good job. And you'd kind of think of that that should be the case because it's obviously they're, they're selling live video. But I mean, Ecamm Live, Restream, StreamYard, they're all doing very good jobs at producing uh, live video content that engages with the community, that, that builds that community. And you want to, as a brand, I think it's important to build a to grow a community of fans around your business that are going to do that marketing work for you and to spread the word. Uh, and then, of course, the other thing is it's amazing for repurposing point, uh, or from a repurposing point of view. And I know that you see this, you're doing that on this show. This is the live show that's turning into a podcast. Uh, and I think uh, B2B brands can be doing that too as well. Um, it doesn't have to be uh, the same person every week, but if you can have uh, a cohesive kind of plan and uh, uh, a process of of sharing knowledge and entertainment as you go through each week, you can definitely do it as a B2B brand or company. Okay. Uh, I mean, certainly what you're talking about, um, the, the ability to turn the live stream content into other forms of content is is outstanding. I've, yeah. I've, I've published a book in the past from a live stream. And um, if you have a process, then you can certainly produce so many different types of content, quote cards, smaller videos for social media podcasts, as you say as well. Um, now you touched on different people potentially doing the live streams for the B2B brands. One concern that I would have, perhaps, if I was a B2B brand slash business owner, would be to actually be building up the personal brand authority of individuals within the business that might move on somewhere else. Um, so if a B2B brand starts a live stream series, how does that brand actually retain the authority of that live stream series if the, the star, if the, the participant ends up moving on somewhere else? Yeah, that's a very good point. And I have seen this happen, you know, where somebody has had to leave uh, a company and the following was really around them. Interestingly, though, uh, you would have thought that the the numbers would go down and the, the, the group of people would then move on. But that's not been my experience, actually. Um, so the, there will probably be some kind of drop off. But if you have done, if you have produced the live shows in the right way, and you have been talking about the brand, and, and uh, you have been building a community around the brand, not the person, then I think that when that person leaves, and then you bring somebody else in, and you're really transparent about that, uh, and don't don't you know, if somebody leaves, don't just then put somebody else in front of the camera and kind of not say anything. You know, be really open and honest about it. That's important. But I think I think people will understand that you know people move and and uh, it might be a good time actually to kind of almost reboot the show with a slightly different focus and do it that way. So I, I think I think it's important as as when you uh, when you do produce your live show for, as as a B two B that you do have somebody who's a who is a very good host, uh, a very good interviewer if you're going to do an interview show, but. Although it's it's good to to show their personality, they should always be kind of showing the personality of the business. So it's if you know the question I always ask a B two B company that's thinking about doing a live video: if your company, if your brand was a person, how would you describe that person? And then it's put, kind of putting that in front of the camera in a way. So how how do you sell the value of doing a live stream to a B two B brand um, who 
perhaps the, perhaps they're busy at doing so many other different marketing activities. Perhaps they're focused on uh, direct calls to action. And during a live stream, it's perhaps more challenging to do that. Um, it's difficult to measure the true value of that um, as, as a one-off. It's, it's more of a brand builder, as we were talking about, rather than actually a medium that you can yes. have that immediate direct call to action. So um, how do you justify, how do you try and sell um, the reason behind doing live streams to B2B brands? It can be done in different ways. So you could have, for example, a big event coming up. Why not do a live stream to um, turn that into a live stream? And obviously at the moment, it's very difficult for businesses to do in-person events. So if you have a conference, why not turn that into a live stream? Uh, if you've got a, uh, a product that's coming up, why not do a live stream to uh, celebrate that, to announce that? There are different types of live streams that you can do. And the great thing about that is you can get people watching live. This is this is something new and exciting that you're going to be talking about. So you can bring in uh, lots of guests onto the show. You could have lots of people watching and have this raw community feel to it. And you can then potentially sell. You can have uh, links that people can click on. And there have been plenty of uh, companies that I've worked with where they've been able to get loads of click-throughs to uh, and lots of buzz about a particular uh, product. So that would be that would be one thing that you could do. Um, lots of other things you could do. I mean, it's it's a case of thinking about your strategy. So that if if you have a particular product coming up or, or something like an event, then that you could do that. But the other side is is to think about it from a as you say from a brand building point of view. This is this will take time for a live show to to develop. Uh, so you might want to think about. Three, this is a three to six month project before you're really going to see a lot of traction. Now, some B2B companies out there are going to think, oh, that, that's a lot of investment um, for not that many returns in the first couple of weeks, the first month or so. But what you've got to remember is that what you're doing here with with a live show, if you construct it really well, and you do an amazing job, David, with, with all of your shows, because you totally see the power of repurposing. Why not do a regular, like a weekly show where you're maybe bringing in somebody uh, for you to interview and you're making it fun and engaging as well. So you're showing your your expertise uh, as a company. You're also showing that you are real. There are real human beings behind the brand because people buy from people, e- even in the B2B sector, that's that's true. Um, but then the, the, the other thing is that once you've done that on a weekly basis, you are first of all creating live content second of all you're creating content for replay the replay viewers if you're broadcasting to lots of different channels you're you're uh, going live to say youtube and facebook so you you're you're targeting the different audiences on that you could turn it into a podcast you could do do what i do which is i i uh, work with a company that turn my podcast or my live videos into a full-blown blog post uh, and then social media images all from that. And so with that one live show that you're doing every week, you're killing lots of birds with one stone. Um, so I, I do I do love birds, but, you know, it's a metaphor there. <laughs> I'm going to take that I, as a I clip. With all of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, you're doing all of those. You're doing all of those things from just one live show and you're being able to build your brand up. And I'm a total believer that believer in that. Yes, I, I'm a person. My company, I'm, I'm a personal brand. 
but if i was i have worked with uh, bigger companies where they've they've done a similar kind of thing and it's worked really really well the the main problem that i think and this is the bigger the the business the bigger the company uh that i've worked with the more they've wanted to control the, the whole thing they've wanted to control what is said they've wanted to control what the the people in the in the comments are saying yep and that's kind of understandable but the problem there is that it becomes less live. It becomes more perfect. And it's actually the bits that go wrong, the, the flaws, those aspects of it are actually what makes it more attractive to people. Mm. And I think some some larger B2B companies are slightly uncomfortable with that or very uncomfortable with that. Oh, But the evidence shows in marketing that actually more authenticity i know it's a buzzword and i hate using it but it, you know showing that the kind of vulnerability that the flaws um within you the human side of it there's not the flaws of the product obviously of all this the the um solutions that you're providing mm. but the fact that you are human beings uh and you know if, if for example your webcam falls off or, or something funny like that happens then that's not a bad thing. And I think it's that's more of a challenge, I think, for the bigger companies because they're wanting to put forward this perfect view. And well, actually, perfect does not sell, I don't think. Yes. When you were talking about thinking of doing a live stream series around an upcoming event, uh, I know not many businesses are um, at upcoming events, but I think it's a good example, a good analogy. Um, in that um, I, what I was thinking of is that what brands often do around events is they have drinks even uh, drinks evenings sponsored by their brand and their informal get-togethers and perhaps that's the kind of atmosphere that you're you're trying to create for your live stream it's not a formal presentation yes. and so if you imagine at these events you wouldn't want the the, the brand to be doing a 45 minute presentation of um, how to actually use their product that's just uh, an inappropriate use of the medium and I think that's probably a good example of the kind of feeling that you're wishing to portray from from live streams absolutely and you can have lots of fun with it I mean I know a lot of the personal brand businesses out there are, are doing a lot of this but B2B, bigger B2B companies can can learn from this. You know, there's, uh, I was live producing an event uh, in November last year. So this was a big conference that would normally happen in person, but because of the lockdown, it had to be done all online. And, and we didn't want it to be like another death by Zoom conference. We wanted to make it fun and engaging. So during the day, there were keynote talks, there were presentations, that kind of thing. We made it fun and engaging. But then in the evening, there, we did use Zoom for this, but uh, there was there was a, a virtual bar. So uh, and there was, they even brought in a magi magician and things like that so to make it fun. So on a, on a live show, you could you could make it fun. Uh, you could have it more like a, a like a more informal. You could do something like have a virtual bar uh, as part of it as well, and, and just just to get a bit more fun and uh, engagement as well, just to build that community because I think that's what is missing out with a lot of these uh, B two B live streams that I've seen.
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, a live stream doesn't necessarily have to, uh, have to be something that happens on a regular basis, on uh, a, a weekly basis. No. Um, so some great live streams have been book launches or launches of certain things. Perhaps your own private community is given um, restricted access to this live stream as a, uh, as a bit of a party or get together or um, extra incentive for signing up beforehand. Mm-hmm. W- what about the best medium for live streaming for B2B brands. Um, we're live streaming to LinkedIn, we're live streaming to YouTube and, and, and Facebook and a couple of other places. Is it better off for, uh, for B2B brands just to focus on one particular um, social m- media platform to do that live streaming on? I think so to begin with. Uh, so the, you can broadcast to more than one platform at the same time, which is, I know what you're doing, David. Uh, this is called either multi-streaming or multicasting and it's a lot easier now than it used to be and and the, the it used to be very difficult to do uh, you needed to have a very powerful computer to do it and the other issue is you have this fragmentation of the audience and the comments now with with a uh, number of uh, video solutions out there you can follow all the comments from all those different platforms that you stream to but even still, I think it's important uh, when you're first starting off with live video to keep it simple, to start off focusing on the content and your audience and think, so where is my audience? Where, where do they mostly hang out? Is it on LinkedIn? Uh, if it is LinkedIn, then unfortunately at the moment you have to kind of um, try and get the, the, the LinkedIn gods to bless you with the, uh, the joys of LinkedIn Live. You have to so apply. it's still in a closed, <laughs> yes. you have to apply. Yeah. But I mean, in, in the future, hopefully that will, will change. Uh, if it's YouTube, maybe you've got a, a very, uh, very engaged YouTube channel. So maybe it would make sense for you to go there. Or Facebook, I know Facebook is not the, the place always for B2B, but it's still, it's still a, an option. Uh, Facebook Live is a very robust platform as well. And then there are other channels as well. So I would maybe focus on one or possibly two to begin with and then expand it over time. And because multi-streaming is is a lot easier now, uh, as long as you're careful to uh, to to uh, to think about your audience on all those different channels, then I think you can do that. I, I, I think, for example, with the comments, this is the only thing I find with multi-streaming. Uh, I think it's a really good idea to go back afterwards and reply to people's comments and, and to get in, uh, build those communities on, uh, on on your live streams. And of course, the more places you go live to, you've got more fragmentation of those comments. And so it becomes a bit more challenging. So just bear that in mind. Yes, absolutely. I, th- I think starting one platform is a good idea. Also because um, if someone is watching on a single platform, and obviously pe- people do, then they like to see other people watching along with them if they see if they feel that they're the only yes. person watching even if they hear mentions of other people on other platforms they feel kind of on their own and probably less likely to stick around you're you're right i think i think you're right there and uh there's 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 less of a community feel so it's probably important at this point to talk about the different audiences on a live stream uh, and so there are two and if you're going to be turning your live stream into a podcast there are three so actually technically on this show at the moment there are three audiences that we've got to think of there's first of all there's your live viewers people watching live and that's where community is really important if if there are loads of people watching on youtube but you're watching on facebook and there's only you it it doesn't feel very community um there doesn't feel there's a community there Uh, so that's 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 important for that and then of course you've got the people from the future your replay audience the, the community aspect of that is important in terms of the comments, but you know there's no live view account. 
And then finally, if you're turning it into a podcast, you've got your podcast listeners and you've got to think about turning that into uh, just thinking about the audio part of it. So, yeah, I I think that's that's important to to think about. But uh, I I think it's I think just uh, focus on the, the one platform first and then over time you can you can grow that and build that. And there are tools. So one tool that I use Restream uh, has a chat feature that will allow you to, so when you comment, it will comment on all those different channels. But they also have um, a relay service. So if someone comments on Facebook, they'll post that to YouTube so the people on YouTube can actually see that comment. Mm. So you do still get that kind of community feel. It's not quite the same, but it's pretty good. Great stuff. Um, Johnny Ross saying in the chat, loving the new branding, David. Uh, great to see you, David and Ian. Very interesting conversation. Well, thank you, Johnny. Um, Johnny's a good friend of the show as well. We both know Johnny very well. Hope you're keeping well, Johnny. Um, just before we move on to the second section of our conversation, Ian, um, let's just get your thoughts on minimum equipment required in order to actually get going with live streaming. Because obviously, we've got a fairly complicated setup ourselves. What would you say is the minimum equipment required to actually get going? I don't think fairly covers it, uh, <laughs> certainly for you, David, because, uh, yeah, we could go into, we could get really geeky. Well, yeah, I mean, both of us, I think, David and I, we we've, we love the tech and I, I don't want to speak speak for you, David, but I, I, I think we both probably like to overcomplicate things sometimes. So I, I think it's important just to start simply and I'm a big believer in bootstrapping your live video studio. So if you are totally, totally committed to live streaming as, as a B2B a brand and you've got the budget, then by all means, spend $20,000, $20,000, whatever on a live video studio. But most, most, most people will want to start small and then build it up over time and you get your confidence that way. So in terms of minimum equipment, I always recommend live streaming from a computer. There are more advantages with with going live from your computer, such as the ability to schedule your lives, being able to share your screen, being able to use better cameras and microphones and things like that. So you need a powerful computer. There are pros and cons with Macs and PCs, which I won't go into now, but that's the first thing. Second thing, uh, the second most important thing I think is is sound. So I, I always recommend go for a decent microphone. You don't have to spend very much money. I'm a big uh, fan of dynamic microphones. So something like the Samsung QTU microphone is a, it's a USB mic and it works really well. Uh, and then the third most important thing is uh, a camera. So ideally you can use your inbuilt webcam if you have one, but uh, something like a, a Logitech webcam like the C920, it's a, an expensive version, or you can go up to using a DSLR camera like the Canon M50 or uh, the Panasonic uh, Lumix range are pretty good too. And then the other thing, the final thing, uh, now you don't need to do this if you have uh, a lot of sun in your world and you're near a window. Uh, you could use the, the you could use the sun as your light. But uh, if you live in a slightly, I don't know, where the weather's not quite so, um, it's a bit more temperamental, we'll put it that way, then I think getting a decent lighting system is good. I started off with, uh, some fairly basic ones. I, I've got some, uh, n- the company called Newer, that's N-E-E-W-E-R, some LED lights. But I found that what really helped for me, uh, I always found lighting hard, is I bought uh, an Elgato key light. And they are a bit pricey, but I think the ability to be able to change 
the color temperature and the brightness for my computer so I don't have to go behind the light and change it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, changed everything for me. So I'm really happy with my setup now. I've got the Elgato key light there. Um, but you don't need to get all of those things straight away. Just build it up over time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will refrain from biting and talking about equipment anymore because, of course, we could continue that discussion for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, So let's segue to part two of our discussion. So it's now time for Ian's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So starting off with secret software. Share a lesser known MarTech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment. This is so hard. I hate these questions, David, because like there's just so many out there. Uh, and, and I think the secret bit is, is a bit more difficult. Um, because in my world, this is the, the software that I'm going to talk about is actually quite uh, popular and famous. Um, but so I don't know if you're going to allow me to do this, but I'm going to choose two tools, but they're combined. I use these together. And this is Ecamm Live and Restream. So one thing I didn't mention before when you're broadcasting to um, broadcasting from your computer is you, you'll need some uh, streaming software. And so I use Ecamm Live. Unfortunately, it's just for Mac. Uh, and I, so this is why I find it always difficult to, to recommend this. I certainly can't recommend it to PC users. But uh, I, I love Ecamm Live with and Restream is its streaming service in its own right. But when you combine the two together, it allows you to uh, schedule your live streams, uh, to stream to all those different platforms at the same time, bring in the comments, and I can highlight them on the screen and bring in guests and do all this cool stuff. Um, and so I think the, I don't think uh, there are that many people out there that truly see the, the power of the, the combination of those two tools because it is amazing um, for for what you can do with it. So that's that's. Am I allowed to use, choose two but combined? Is that allowed? Um, I think that would be very difficult to edit out one of them. So I think I'm going to have to let you get away with that, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very reluctant. That was a very reluctant. Yes. <laughs> Well, next, it's time to um, for you to give a mention to someone who deserves it. So um, someone who'd be good to follow on social media, maybe. Magical marketer. Who's an up and coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout out to? Um, what we can and what can yeah. we learn from them and uh, where can we find them? This is this is hard. And I, I'm going to feel I, I'm going to sound like I'm being paid by Ecom Live here. And I'm not. I promise you I'm not here. Uh, but I love what Katie Fawkes is doing. Uh, so she is the marketing manager for Ecamm and the community that she's built built up. So she, she's built up. She, she Before uh, Katie came to Ecamm, uh, there was pretty, there was a little bit of social media going on. But through what she's done, she's built up an amazing blog there. Um, so all pretty much a lot of the live shows are repurposed into blogs. She's built up one of the best communities on Facebook that I've ever seen. It's such a helpful group. Uh, um, and uh, just all the stuff that, that she does there is just amazing. So you could follow um, everything on Ecom. The Ecom network is is her, but you could also follow her on, on, her, on her personal channels as well, because I think she's doing an amazing job. Oh, so that was Katie Fox. Um, is it F-A-W-K-E-S? Yeah. It is. Okay, wonderful stuff. Um, so I'll make sure that there's a link to Katie in the in the show notes in the uh, YouTube show description as well. Let's move on to the this or that round. So this is 10 quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. <laughs> so use it wisely. Are you ready to go? Okay, go on. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? 
Facebook. YouTube or podcast? Oh, I think that's going to have to be my both. Oh, my goodness. You've got, um, what, six more to go and no both allowed. <laughs> Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Ads or influencers? Uh, influencers. Google ads or Facebook ads? Facebook ads. Email or chat? Email. Martech stack or all in one platform? Martech stack. And one to one or scale? Uh, <laughs> I'll say scale. Oh, you got there. You got there in the end. Um, so that, that was hard. That was interesting. <laughs> so it was YouTube or podcast that was the, 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 the challenge one there. Um, does that mean that um, marketers really should be taking advantage of both mediums nowadays? I, I think so. I mean, I, I found that hard because I, at the moment, I, I love consuming YouTube. I'm not... This sounds awful, but I'm not consuming as much podcasting at the moment. And I think that's basically because I'm stuck inside most of the time. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts when I was driving and I'm not doing so much driving at the moment. But I I truly, I love podcasting. I love podcasting. So I, I actually think there is, there is both mediums. I've got so much, uh, so many advantages associated with them. That there are different audiences, different mediums. With podcasting, you can you know listen to it while you're doing the dishes for example whereas youtube is more immersive and you have to focus your attention on a lot more so the different audiences podcasting is a bit more intimate as well i think so i love the intimacy of podcasting yes absolutely i i think funnily enough with youtube uh, when i consume shows on youtube and i think i, I consume more face directly to camera type discussion shows on youtube i often just refer to the screen for a few seconds just to get a feel for how someone is trying to come across, um, but then I'll, I'll go back to to whatever I was focusing on. So I don't necessarily listen to all the, all the time. So to a certain degree, YouTube, I know podcasting is going through a massive growth curve at the moment, but I think that some people are listening to podcasts or what are podcast shows on YouTube nowadays, and that, that seems to be an intriguing trend. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Well, there's something I do need to spend money on, but it's certainly not $10,000. That is, uh, that is a, a backup system. I, I'm going to buy a NAS drive, but it's certainly not going to be $10,000. So uh, if, if it was the $10,000 that we need to go for, then I would hire a video editor and animator. Um, so I've I've been really excited over the last couple of years uh, in growing my my business. I've got a you know small business, but I was a bit of a yeah a bit of a control freak. We'll put it that way. So I was finding it very difficult to delegate. But I hired a a, a virtual assistant. She has been amazing, and I've got somebody who deals with my ads and my Facebook Messenger bot and a, a, a podcast editing. So I've kind of gone all out, but. Uh, I've had to pause a little bit on that, but the next thing on my list is is video editing. Now, I can do it. I kind of enjoy it, but I just don't think it's a good use of my time. So I would be looking to hire 
somebody who can edit my videos. I want to build my YouTube channel this year, but also somebody who can do, um, who's very good at effects and animations to just to make them fun and engaging. So I think that would probably cost a bit more. So 10,000, maybe that would cover it. I don't know. Do you know what? That was just about the same answer as I got from AJ Wilcox in the previous episode. So I yeah. interviewed AJ on um, LinkedIn ads um, in the previous episode, episode 225. And AJ said that he'd spend his $10,000 on video production. Um, so you're, you're both mm. very focused on producing high quality video over the next year. So video is key. Um, so anyway, Definitely. so far we've been focusing on what your digital marketing tactics currently are. But now for my final question, I'd like to focus on what you're going to do next. So next on the list, what's one marketing activity or two that you haven't tried yet or you want to test soon? So I have been on this platform a little bit, but not that much uh, because I just haven't had the time and it's not been the focus. So I, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, I was planning out my activities for the whole year. I've set up, you know, my, well, when I'm going to be launching my blog posts every week, my podcast, my live show and social media stuff. And then in December, this, it's been around for, for longer than that. This new kind of uh, thing has come on to everyone's radar. It's been talked about a lot. I almost feel that I shouldn't even mention it because everyone's talking about it. And that is Clubhouse. And Clubhouse is this um, tool. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a live audio chat um, system or, or um, app. And basically you can join rooms. You have people speaking in there. You can put your hand up and you can be promoted to the, the stage and you can have these conversations. I was a little bit dubious about it. Uh, I kind of am when there's something new that's come up and everyone's talking about how amazing it is. I think, yeah, but what, you know, what's the catch? And uh, and I found that some rooms were just full of these very people, these people who are full of their own self-importance and it just put me off. But I have joined some rooms and I have created my own. I've hosted a couple of rooms myself and the community that you can build from that and the conversations, the relationships that you can get from that are amazing. And so one thing I'm looking at doing is when I do a live show, I'm thinking about then after that, directly after that, um, going on to Clubhouse, which at the moment is iOS only. They are working on an Android app, by the way. And I'll go on there and I'll invite my audience to come on there and we'll talk about that in a bit more of a bit more detail. It's more intimate. I prefer the smaller rooms as well, where there's a smaller number of people and everyone feels welcome. Um, and it's not about, it would not be about me. It's about me uh, asking other people about what they think about it and getting them to, they can ask me questions. But it, this this year for me, uh, the word that I, I'm going to use to describe my year, my focus for this year is community. Mm. And then when uh, Clubhouse came about, I thought, actually, I should probably be focusing a lot more on this because I think that's a great way to to build community. I'm not so much interested in the big numbers I want to build a, a community of passionate people who love what I do and want to work with me. So that's my, going to be my focus clubhouse. And I'm going to focus on doing it maybe once per week or twice per week, because the other thing I found about clubhouse is it's a bit of a time sucker. So I think I want to be really strategic about how I use it. And it's going to be, I, I think one to possibly two times per week is what I'm going to do. Lovely. Yes. Uh, I've, registered my name on Clubhouse, um, but I did it with uh, um, my wife's um, iPhone, actually. And I was telling you that before we came on um, air that um, I, I'm generally 
uh, an Android guy. I've got a an iPad that I use yeah. um, um, a little bit as well. But unfortunately, the the iPad that I've got, um, it just it, the Clubhouse app doesn't work with that because the the iPad's yeah. so old. Um, so you have to upgrade your device. So um, once I get a new device, which will be <laughs> fairly soon, uh, I will certainly give Clubhouse a go and. Um, That'll be an interesting one, I'm sure. Um, it's important, as you said, not to get too sucked into it, not to let it distract your existing strategy, because it's so easy just to jump on an, um, a new piece of technology and embrace it and spend far too much time there. So I think you're you're using it in a very diligent, methodical way. So it's a good on you for that one. Uh, Ian. Um, that's the idea. <laughs> that's the idea, absolutely. You've been listening to Ian Anderson Gray from IAG.me, who um, he's been on today's episode of Digital Marketing Radio and he shared um, a few wonderful tips. So, starting off uh, with live, stream, right, live streaming, of course. Um, I love the tip that we talked about um, around how to position a, a live stream. Um, when you talked about events and um, I compared it to uh, maybe a drinks party prior to the event. And, um, and you said, well, it's really important not to uh, try to be too perfect and uh, embrace the things that can go wrong. So um, a lot of good conversation around that and hopefully some tips that um, that people can um, tip up, uh, <laughs> tip up uh, can actually implement uh, within within their content marketing strategy over the coming year because um, it's great to, to to embrace that. Just jump in there and give it a go and um, use it for something specific like that. Um, I then asked you about secret software. You talked about Ecamm and Restream. So great, great recommendations there. I'll make sure that those links are in the show notes as well. Um, your magical marketer, Katie Fox. Again, I'll include her, her link in there as well. And next on the link, next on the list, Clubhouse. Uh, so Clubhouse um, is something that I'm going to give a go um, as well. And that seems um, seems very exciting. Um, so um, Ian, um, as I said, you know, everything's going to be in the show notes there or in the, in the, uh, on YouTube or in the, the show notes in digitalmarketingradio.com. What's the best social platform that someone can follow you on and say hi? Well, I'm, I've carelessly scattered myself across most of them. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think I quite like Instagram is good. So you could uh, either Instagram or Twitter. Uh, my handle is iag.me. That's I-A-G-D-O-T-M-E. Wonderful stuff. Well, I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts for B2B brands over at castingcred.com. On the next episode, I'm going to be talking to SEO expert Lucas Zelesny. He's going to be sharing some questions about um, what you should be asking your SEO consultant. So if you've got an SEO consultant or you're thinking of getting an SEO consultant, this is the episode that you need to listen to because we'll go through the exact questions that you need to ask them. Um, remember, if you want to watch that episode live, subscribe on the Digital Marketing Radio YouTube channel. Remember to hit that little notification bell when you do that. If you're more of an audio-only fan, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and all the other lovely podcast places. However, until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com